Hello and welcome to the SciArt Now podcast where we share our tips, tricks and advice on the medical illustration and animation industry. I'm Emily Holden, a medical illustrator and animator and also a co-founder of SciArt Now. And I'm Annie Campbell, also co-founder of SciArt Now and a medical illustrator and animator. You can find our show notes and resources from this episode and more educational content such as industry news, interviews and tutorials and more at SciArtNow.com. So today we just wanted to take a moment to reflect on this year so far and say, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Hey, hey, it's okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This has been a completely crazy and unexpected year for us all. Nobody was ready and no one could plan for this complete shift in our lives. I know that personally, I feel like I've been in a whirlwind and it feels like I'm only just starting to come out of it now. This pandemic has shaken up our lives both personally and professionally. And even though lockdown restrictions are continuing to lift and it seems like there might be some sort of normal life at the end of it, we just don't know what lies ahead. Mm. And many of us are still really anxious. Already there are cities and regions and countries around the world that are bringing back some of these restrictions and we just have to sit there and take it and we can't get comfortable. (sighs) So... How have you been doing, Annie? Uh, well, Emily, it's just, it's been a big emotional year for me. Uh, I feel like I've had this constant level of, of anxiety and it's just now my new norm. And I'm that meme of that dog sitting in a room with fire burning in a background going, it's okay, it's totally okay. It's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, I'm not quite sure if I'm coping well with what's been happening in the world and also personally. But at this point, I'm just trying to take it day by day. And I've started to slowly recognize things that really affect my mental health and how I can maybe catch myself before I go towards that downward spiral. Yeah, definitely. And I completely echo that. It's like there's just this cloud of anxiety floating around that just it just won't go away. And I think mm. that's one of the main reasons why I think we need to talk about this today, just because we can maybe start to break down some of the things we can do to tackle some of these feelings during this time. Definitely, Emily. And and many of the people now are kind of coming out of this heavy cloud. Some people maybe need a little bit more help than others. Many of us are finding that we need to continue to work from home for the rest of the year. And it's the same with a lot of students where their classes are being moved online and now they have to study from home too. So, Emily. Kind of things have affected you throughout this crisis. Oh, Tell us. <laughs> well, uh, I could probably go on for ages trying to answer <laughs> that question, but um, I'll try and keep it brief <laughs> and talk about some of the things that um, I know I really struggled with at the start. And I know I'm not alone in these feelings. And a lot of us struggle with this one thing on a day to day basis anyway. And that's the comparison trap. Social media was Mm. just not a healthy place for me earlier on this year. And to me, it just seemed like I was watching everyone suddenly burst into this crazy amount of productivity and people were drawing, painting, working out and relaunching their websites. All of these things that I just couldn't do whilst childcare was now gone. And I was scrambling, trying to fit a full week's work of hours into a part-time schedule, sometimes not even a Mm part-time schedule. Mm -hmm. And I was probably just feeling... Like I was still trying to navigate my life as a new mum and work at the same time. And then it was just like, boom, 
add this as well into the mix Mm -hmm. and my anxiety just was constantly at 100 and I would try and distract myself from that anxiety by playing on my phone and then I'd be on social media because I was stuck in the house and wanted to kind of see something else going on but then the cycle would just continue because I would just be looking at people seemingly doing all these great things and I was just sitting feeling like I was achieving nothing and just feeling really guilty about it. Oh, Emily, I feel like, you know, a lot of people experience this kind of comparison trap and but I can't even begin to imagine the weight of being a parent on top of all that. And I think you did super, Emily, and you're, you're definitely a person I look up to. You have such a positive outlook and it really upsets me to hear that you're struggling a lot. I'm yeah. sorry. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's okay. It, it could have been... A lot worse I guess. I dodged all the kind of homeschooling Mm. thing but at the same time my son is too young to occupy himself or follow instructions. (laughs) So it's kind of like well at least I'm not homeschooling but also I cannot work apart from if he's having a nap. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess on reflection I see that that constant comparing my situation to others was really just adding to the struggle that I was going through and I think I think in general, the comparison trap can go in two ways. It can either spring you into action and give you that push to do all the things you've been maybe waiting to do, or it's been on your to-do list for that little bit too long and it fuels your inner fire and you're like, oh yeah, they're doing this. Well, I've got all this planned. (laughs) And I think when I'm in a good mood, that's kind of what happens to me. I'm, I'm often very spurred on by other people's productivity. But I think on the flip side, it can go that comparing your work to others can make you feel like you're just not as good as other people and like you're failing or you're falling behind Mm. or you're just not good enough full stop. So you do nothing, which then it just feeds into it and you're just self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess. If you take that situation and then you just add a global pandemic into the mix, (laughs) you can imagine adding extra anxiety, frustration, anger, then general panic and isolation. Mm. And then you're pressuring yourself, like you've got to find motivation to be creative. Mm. And it's like, no, some days, I know at the beginning, you're lucky if you'd even brush your hair, let alone like (laughs) create a masterpiece or start a huge side project or get that like dream beach bod or whatever people's goals are. There was a lot of uh, all these things making me angry online at the beginning, like, oh, I'm just sitting and eating, but it's okay. But these negative feelings, they're not feelings that I was only feeling or whoever listening was only feeling or still are feeling. It's the trap of social media. The people who are struggling may still be posting stuff. They still may have that panic-fueled fire running through them and they're posting desperately to try and keep up with the next person who's also posting out of panic. And it doesn't mean that they're not struggling. They're just maybe putting that mask up for the world. And then others who are struggling maybe actually have fallen off your Instagram feed altogether because they're struggling to keep up and they can't cope with it anymore and you've just maybe not noticed Mm. instagrams it's just not a reflection of real life it's a collection of snapshots of the best part of people's lives Mm -hmm. i've noticed as time has gone by this year that the posts have started to settle down it's okay i feel like everyone's adjusting to this new normal i guess that everyone's been talking about Mm. no longer feeling so like I'm failing or that I'm not doing well enough if I'm not attempting to create amazing work in my spare time or bake bread or all these things that people were doing. I feel like everybody that I knew was baking amazing sourdough loaves and I was like, why? Like, should I be doing this as well? But no, I would never do that. 
Yeah. Also, why would I do it in a global pandemic? And why am I using on top that? of all the other things yeah. you need to do? I mean, <laughs> come on. Why am I using this as ammunition to beat myself up? No, yeah. stop it. Yeah. I think just over time, one thing that I've found comfort in is that now more than ever, we are all united in this experience. We may never have anything else in our lifetimes that makes us have so much in common with our peers, our neighbours or the person living at the completely other side of the world. Yes, definitely. And I think I find comfort in that it reaching out to others or others reaching out to us just to say and check in on how we are or what's been happening in our country. You know, even if we're not actually posting content, that is just so wonderful. It's at times like this that we should be reaching out to other people, supporting our fellow artists and being open and honest about who we really are. And it's okay to press pause and focus on yourself. If you need permission, take it. You have the permission. Just <laughs> press pause. We give you permission to go away for a while, rejuvenate. If you you got to this part of the year and you're still feeling like you're scrambling and comparing yourself and feeling like you're failing, just press pause. Maybe turn away from social media for a while and dive deeper into what is causing your feelings and the little things you can do to improve your mood. I know I took a massive break from social media at the beginning of the year and throughout summer and it's really, really helped. Yeah, absolutely. I think professionally as well, it's important that we can step back and reflect. Now, I don't want to deny that there's some heavy pressures from lots of different areas, especially heavy financial burden caused by COVID. So it's so tough. So there's no way of sugarcoating the situation, but Mm. we need to try and drag any positives we can out of what we are going through. And if your work has dried up, you can maybe use this as a breathing space as an opportunity to look at the bigger picture, like what are your goals and come up with some new strategies. One thing you could do is look at that dream big to-do list and let yourself work on it. If you don't have the list, make one. Mm-hmm. The situation won't feel great to start and you may be extremely stressed about not having a pile of work to get through, but it may also give you a chance to think about creative ways that you can find new clients. Maybe you have a passion project that you've always wanted to try and make into something. Go and focus on that if it gives you joy. Maybe some good will come of it later on down the line. On the other hand, you may be overwhelmed under a pile of work that has built up and you're frantically juggling working from home, parenting and struggling with your mental health, whatever it may have been. Mm -hmm. I must confess I'm more in this club. Hello. Um, Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Scrambling. (laughs) Let's be honest, 2020 is just the year to survive. You you can maybe do little bits of that big dream plans, like Mm -hmm. a little bit at a time if it makes you feel better and energizes you. Like this podcast, this is a little bit of something out of the daily workload that's just making me have a little bit of spark back and feel like I'm accomplishing something (laughs) instead of scrambling. (laughs) It is our little spark. And it brings a little bit of joy to our lives. And thanks so much for listening. So speaking of sparks, gosh, I sound like a radio host right there. Thanks so much for listening to the smooth hour, everybody. We're going to play some tunes for you now. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So uh, speaking of sparks, um, what (laughs) else can we do to help ourselves? And what, what are the ways that we found have helped us or know that have helped others? A lot of resources we've been reading 
I've advised things like meditation, journaling and device detoxes, things like avoiding the news and social media in general. And like I said, you know, I took a couple of months off from that and it really helped. And I think it's good to keep reflecting on yourself. And maybe that's where journaling or self-reflection comes in. Try and remember your goals you had at the start of the year and think about what you want for the rest of the year. Are there any goals still achievable? It's okay if they're not. Can you pivot and give yourself a boost by setting new goals? We reached out to our Instagram community and asked them a couple of questions about what they had done to look after their well-being during this time. And we got some great answers. Thank you, everyone. So many people have been taking time to get absorbed with work, doing things like daily drawing challenges, getting absorbed in 3D projects, or even making coronavirus-themed sci art. Others have taken the opportunity to spend time with family and loved ones and put work on the back burner for a while. Finding new ways to spend time with friends like playing co-op video games. I know I've loved spending time with people on Animal Crossing and also play a lot of World War Z with my friend where I get to kill a lot of zombies and it's glorious. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like your ideal situation. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Other people are finding comfort in, in their religion or even going out for walks in nature. Thank you so much for everyone who shared their well-being tips with us and it's always great to get some new ideas and also check in on how others are looking after their mental health and physical health right now when I'm stuck for ideas just reaching out and asking people for advice I think at this point I've tried every single self-care app there is on the (laughs) app store uh, and get angry and delete them most of the time but (laughs) one bit of advice I got from someone was to try and spend time in other rooms from my home I realized I was spending most of my days at the same rooms all the time I'd be in the living room or at my desk which I share in my son's bedroom and that was about it. I wasn't I wasn't actually going and spending a lot of time in other rooms. I was like, I have other spaces. I can actually maybe get out of this cabin fever if I just think a little bit more smartly about it. Yeah, I totally agree about using your space. One thing I wanted to add to that is, and it might be something I got from my mother growing up, she always said that you'd always have to have a dedicated space for work and then that needs to be separate from where you play, basically. So making this separation between work and home life will make it a lot easier, especially a lot of us are working from home. So by having this dedicated space of where you work every day, it could be a desk or your dining room table. It just means that you can focus a bit more easily. Your brain will automatically switch into work mode whenever you sit in that space. And also you kind of avoid working in parts where you relax at home. So like in your bed or your couch, that's your space to get away from everything. So like you, Emily, I go to the kitchen when I have my lunch break. I step away from my computer and I watch um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on my iPad because Will Smith (laughs) brings me joy. And shows like that brings a little bit of brightness to my day. What else do you do, Emily? (laughs) I think exercise. I know it it works for me. I know that I feel better when I've gone out for a run and I keep putting it off. I keep going, there's no time for this. But I I, I know that I feel better when I do. So probably should have done that this week. (laughs) Emily, I can't quite imagine how you managed to run so far. I'm always super impressed with your running abilities. I'm like, how? (laughs) How did she make that distance? For me, I I think like, yeah, you're right. It makes you feel better. Exercises, releases endorphins and tricks your brain into being happy. And I kind of need that boost sometimes. So as part of that, also going out is so, so important for those working at home right now. If your government allows for it, then try and go outside at least once a day to get some fresh air into your lungs. If you can, um, that's fine. Try and open up your windows or sit next to some sunlight. If you know you're prone to seasonal affective disorder, then these small daily routines might help. When I started freelancing and working from home for a year, this was way before um, COVID started, I realized that my happiness was affected a lot if I didn't leave the house. 
So I made myself daily walks before work or during my lunch breaks. Let's think about working from home. What has helped everyone stay productive? Again, we reached out to our Instagram and got some great tips. I really like this one, which is the 1% rule. If you're getting overwhelmed with all the things you want to do, as long as you do something to get better, even by 1% every day, then you will improve and feel less overwhelmed. Ooh, I love that. It's like the baby steps we talked about in our first episode. Mm. Yes, exactly. Mm. (laughs) Another good tip is keeping my environment really nice with nice plants, cozy music, just anything that's helping keep some positive vibes going, I guess. Yes, yes. And your environment is so, so important to maintaining your mental health. If you're working from home at the end of the day, make sure you tidy up that dedicated workspace. Clean any mugs, organize your papers, dust a little so that it's ready for you to start again the next day. This way you don't have a constant reminder of the projects after work hours as well that you need to get back to. Just don't forget to keep in touch with loved ones. Even checking in CLO can make a huge difference. I think that sometimes I just need to have a little reminder. One of my self-care apps that I downloaded has a little like emoji with a little phone and it goes, I think you should get in touch with someone. It comes oh. up now and again throughout the week and I'm like, good, I needed that. I should probably text someone. I'm just in my little bubble all to myself. I need technology to sort me out, it seems. (laughs) That is so nice. I really like that. We're still navigating this through this time of uncertainty, but please, please know that you're not alone. There will always be a group or network for you out there. If you ever want to connect with other medical illustrators or people who are interested in entering the field of medical illustration, there are so many great groups and organizations out there. I just wanted to take this moment to give a shout out to some of the free Facebook groups like Biocom Hive and Medical Illustration who have brought together so many medical illustrators around the world. These groups are so super supportive for people struggling a little bit or even looking to enter a field of medical illustration. If you're looking for more in-depth resources or to network and speak with professional medical illustrators, then the Association of Medical Illustrators is a great organization to join. Currently, our SciArtNow Facebook group does not have a dedicated group where people can contribute to. just feel like other Facebook groups are doing such a great job. There's really no need for us to create one. Yeah, I think there's already a couple of really nice communities out there. And I think it's better just to steer people in that direction. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Thank you so much for having this chat with me, Annie. I think we've covered some some interesting points. And I know that even just from having this chat, it's made me a little bit more motivated to try and keep my head up a little bit. (laughs) So thank you, everyone, for tuning into our SciArt Now podcast. You can find our show notes and resources from this episode on our website, SciArtNow.com. Give us a follow on social media at SciArtNow. And if you want to get in touch, you can reach us via our website or send us a DM. If you like this episode, go ahead, leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Stay tuned for our next episode where we share more tips, tricks and advice on working in the medical illustration and animation industry.